This is Around the Rim with LaChina Robinson. Hey, basketball fans. Welcome in to a brand new episode of your ESPNW Women's Basketball Podcast, Around the Rim. I'm your host, LaChina Robinson, joined by my fantastic and fabulous producer, uh, Tarika Foster-Brasby, a.k.a. Beyonce. There we go. Um... <laughs> we hope that you enjoyed the first weekend and some of the first week of WNBA action. It's so great to see the WNBA up and running. The players, the action of first weekend could not be better. And, and Tariqa, I'll start us off in terms of reflecting what a powerful way to kick off the 2020 WNBA season. First and foremost, with the social justice initiatives of the WNBA on the forefront, yes, I am not starting with basketball. I am starting with what is most important to this league and its players right now. If you've heard them in press conferences, um, it is all about Breonna Taylor. It is really all about bringing light and shedding light on um, her life, the fact that her killers have not um, been brought to justice, but also how these women plan on using their platform this summer to address issues of racism, police brutality, um, you know, social injustices across the board. And, and I just thought from the Breonna Taylor name on the back of their jerseys to um, the moments of silence and recognition of her age to what we heard on the court from Brianna Stewart and Lasia Clarendon and their words on and on and on. I just could not be more impressed and, and proud of the efforts of this league, of the Players Association and how they actually lived the words bigger than basketball in opening weekend. Agreed. And just so that we can verbally set the record straight, in the Seattle Storm New York Liberty game, the teams did not walk off the court during the national anthem. They walked off the court before the national anthem was played, which was something that they had agreed to before this even began. So for everyone out there that's spinning the narrative that, oh my God, WNBA players are so rude. They just walked off the court in the middle of the national anthem. That is incorrect. That is false. Please stop feeding into the negative narrative. That is not what happened. Yeah. Like let's set the record straight. And you know, there are different and varying opinions about how people feel about the national anthem, but I, um, you know, some people were, okay, wanted to see the WNBA kneel, right? Because it's about supporting cap right now and really, you know, everyone coming to the realization that he was trying to shed light on these things way before George Floyd's mur murder happened. Um, and, and kneeling is a way of kind of saluting him, right? And so some people want to see the WNBA do that, but this is the choice that they made with players coming together of what they wanted to do during the, the, the national anthem. And I think that's what's most important, that you do whatever you feel is right for you. I'm sure there are some players that wanted to kneel, but there may have been some players that felt uncomfortable not kneeling and didn't want to take that into the criticism. And that's where team comes in. That's where, you know, hearing the voices of multiple people from different spaces and beliefs and whatever it may be, comes into play and they did what was best. So thank you for, for clarifying that, Tarika. As far as the play on the floor, wow, opening weekend was fantastic. Um, we will see if these women can keep it up because if you have not been paying attention, they had two weeks of a training camp. This was a very non-traditional lead up to a WNBA season where many of them have not touched a basketball in forever and had to come up with their own ways of conditioning and finding places to live weights. Um, and all of the above, and I, I just thought overall the quality of play great. I mean, what stood out? What stood out to me? Definitely yeah. stood out to me that some of the younger players are are really hitting their stride early. And I don't know if it's because they got fresh young legs and energy, but Maisha Hines Allen of the Washington Mystics career high twenty seven points. They look great to start the season despite everything they're missing on their roster, including Elena Deladon, Tina Charles, and others for various reasons. Uh, Monique Billings had a 30-point performance for the Atlanta Dream, a team that has definitely been hit on their roster from illness, injuries, and various things. They are expected to get Glory Johnson, Kalani Brown, um, Courtney Williams back at some point in these next couple of weeks. But 
they look good in their debut. Uh, Vegas Aces, we will have Angel McCautry on this podcast. You will not want to miss her interview. She was outstanding, but she looked like Angel McCautry of old. So we, we had some really, really great moments in terms of the play on the floor and storylines already starting to develop um, as we got started, Tarika. Yeah, China. when I look back over this past week, I got to say the team that impressed me the most was the Chicago Sky. I mean, they really put the league on notice, I think, in their first two games. They started the season against the Las Vegas Aces, and we all remember how that game ended last season with the hand heave. So they definitely had a lot to prove on Sunday, and they did just that. Kalia Copper, my goodness, 18 points. Allie Quigley with the final shot at the last second to give them the 88-86 win. So, you know, they carried that, the, all of that momentum over into their game against LA. Kalia drops 21. Azaray Stevens adds another 21. I mean, their offensive presence was on fire, and I don't really see that ending anytime soon. So they are absolutely the team that I think people need to watch out for. I think on the other end of that spectrum, I was probably most concerned about Phoenix. Um, I think that looking at their roster, looking at the experience that's on their roster, I probably expected way too much from them too soon. They still need time to gel. They still need time to figure out their team chemistry um, with Diana Tarazi playing again this season, adding Skylar Diggins-Smith. Um, I, I just think they need to get that um, get that chemistry down, and, and we'll see an improvement. I think I was just looking for a little bit more out of them than I saw, but, I mean, they'll be fine. I'm sure they'll be fine. But clearly, we aren't the only ones that think this season has started off to a tremendous start, so much so that they've added 13 more national games. Yes, we have an incredible ESPN schedule for WNBA. Shout out to everyone. It, we continue to mention Carol Stiffen programming um, for putting the league front center. There'll be tons of games on ESPN, ESPN2, ABC, um, NBA TV. We'll have some, some nationally televised games. But in addition to that, and in addition to you continuing to listen to it around the room podcast, we are, ESPN is debuting a WNBA Hoopstream show. Um, you may be familiar with Hoopstreams on the NBA side with Cassidy Hubbard, amongst others, but uh, it's basically a pregame show with the main contributors being Rebecca Lobo, Holly Rowe, and myself, um, talking about topics of what's happening in the WNBA. Our first episode, which you can check out, it's actually on my Instagram page, um, is featuring Chenea Gumake. We had Chrissy Tolliver on the show. And then this week, we have Monica McNutt and Natasha Cloud as our guests. We get into all kinds of topics, reviewing opening weekend. We uh, talk about Bill Beer's headband, why he didn't wear his Black Lives <laughs> Matter shirt, how we feel about all those things. So um, hopefully you will check it out. Um, our next show is uh, 8.30, which I don't know if you'll get this in time, but it's, uh, sorry, 8.30. It is 7.30, um, July 30th at 5.30 p.m. in advance of an ESPN doubleheader tonight at 6 and 10 p.m. on our air. Um, in addition to Angel McCautry on this episode, we will also catch up with L.A. Sparks, Simone Augustus. That's right, if you have not been paying attention. Simone Augustus is a member of the Los Angeles Sparks now. And uh, I've said this before, I feel like there's pressure on the Sparks to perform uh, this year, after a disappointing last season, Simone looked great in her debut. She's going to talk to us about a number of things. Always enjoy Simone um, and Angel as well. Anything else, Tarika? What else we got? You know what? I think that um, is a great start to just... Oh, head. oh. Uh-oh. What oh, oh, oh. You don't, you don't want to comment on Connecticut so far? You have no words? I'm just curious. You, you know what? You can help so... us because we're trying to... I do have have some words. Okay, Sun fans, first of all, do not fret. Do not worry. We will be just fine, okay? We played Minnesota, and clearly we were dominating that game for the first three quarters. It looked like we lost some energy, like we tired out in the fourth quarter. 
Dewana Bonner didn't really shoot as well. As a matter of fact, she didn't hit anything from behind three, but that's okay. We are not going to trip on that because we will be just fine. And then heading into the game against Washington, the rematch that, you know, I felt should have been during opening weekend, but that's neither here nor there at this point. At either way, I mean, again, it's not that we play terribly. It's just that we have some little minor things we need to work on to be better. And on top of that, Ariel Powers dropped 27 points. I mean, come on. who? What team... Do you expect to win when Ariel Powers is playing like that? You know what I mean? So uh, all I'm saying is we will be fine. We just need a little time. Starting 0-2 is not a detriment to the season. We will be just fine, and we will get back to playing Connecticut Sun basketball as we know that we can play. LaChina is just being extra and trying to start mess. No, no, I'm not starting mess because (laughs) you know me. I love the sun. I love the sun. But I just want you to know that you can't shy away. No, from talking about your team struggles. No, no, no. We just as about- you talk about as you gloated all the way through the finals last year. I mean, it's got to be balanced. You got to be able to be real. I get that. That's cool. I get that. And listen, I take full ownership and full responsibility whenever we are not playing our best basketball. I can take the criticism. I can take the heat. However, I just want to make sure that it's clear that our 0-2 start, it is just that. Those two games are behind us. We're looking forward to the next game, which we'll be playing against LA later on on Thursday. And you will start to see a turnaround. Don't worry about it. Well, and it was encouraging to see Dewana Bonner. I mean, it takes time, right, for a big piece like that to get her feel for her surroundings and get playing with her with the other players on the team. She looked much better in game two um, than she did in game one. And then when they get Breon January back, watch out. I just really feel like she is going to help them in so many ways. She's a, a tremendous leader. She's a champion. Um, really looking forward to her joining the team. But fans – that's how me and Tarika feel about opening weekend. You can tweet us at Around the Rim Pod if you want to share your thoughts. I am on Twitter at LaChina Robinson. Tarika is at she knows sports underscore. Um, and you can also email us your thoughts at Around the Rim Podcast at gmail.com. Um, and with that, let's go ahead and jump into our guests, Angel McCautry and Simone Augustus. Okay, basketball fans, um, we have another guest joining us from inside the WNBA bubble in Bradenton, Florida, on the campus of IMG. None other than one of the highest players in the league to start the season, uh, a return that we have been anticipating. Angel McCautry of the Las Vegas Aces joining the show right now. Welcome, Angel. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Well, let me tell you, I, I don't know if you saw my tweet, but I was a little bit emotional about the start of the season because after covering your career in Atlanta for 11 years, I was there for 12, it felt mm-hmm. weird to, that I was going to see you in a Las Vegas Aces uniform. Like, what, what was that like kind of debuting in a, in a different getup? You know what? At first, when the uh, recruiting process started and I signed with um, the Aces, it was kind of like, did that just happen? It was, it actually didn't feel real, you know, cause you've been in one place for so long and you're comfortable. You have a home there. It, it really just felt awkward at first, you know? Um, then to start playing with the teams, like, okay, I'm actually with a different team. <laughs> I don't even know these girls, you know, but I, I love them. Like um, it happened so quickly with us um, just gelling. Uh, I don't think I've, uh, played with such a amazing group as far as just everybody trusting each other um um just everybody comes worked hard at top of the line as far as basketball iq and things like that and i've really been enjoying um this team and, and i get to play with superstars like kayla mcbride asia wilson like that's pretty pretty cool so it's been awesome it's been fun to watch, and, I mean, you guys are off to a great start. You just waxed your old team in the Atlanta Dream last night by 30, 100 to 70. Um, but it's it, the, the weird part of, I think, of all of this is in our eyes for many years, I mean, you, are, you were Atlanta, right? Like mm-hmm. every piece of success that that team ever had over time was connected to Angel McCautry. Like if you knew nothing else about 
the Atlanta Dream, you knew Angel and, you know, the three WNBA finals and that whole deal. So mm-hmm. it, it is just crazy. But what, um, just curious, I know that, you know, fans may or may not know that you got injured in 2018. You did not play in 2019, still kind of recovering health-wise. What was that journey like just getting back to health and how do you feel now? Um, well, first let me say, it's funny because people still think I play for Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it doesn't matter because I, I, I feel like I put so much work in that I'm still the face as far as when people in the community want that athletic woman's face, they still call me. So it, it's it's a blessing that I pay my dues where I'm still in the community and I'm still a face in Atlanta. Yeah. And um, as far as the injury is concerned, I mean, it's, it's just been a long journey. You know what I mean? Of course, um, playing them yesterday, it was, of course, I had to like, dang, this is weird. I'm playing it, you know, Atlanta. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's just, you just come out and just, I'm just grateful to be on the court because sitting there watching for a year and a half, almost two years, it's just not fun. <laughs> but uh, my thing is, why is everybody so surprised? What's the surprise about? Like, oh my God, Angel had a good game. You're like, what is the surprise? I believe in myself. Angel, you did not just have a good game. Like, you had 25 points, eight rebounds. You were 11 for 17. You shot 65% from the field. Like, you didn't just have a good game. You were, like, flying through the air like the old Angel McCautry. Like, you may know what because you've been in the gym with yourself all this time, like what you're capable of, what your mindset is. But for a lot of players that have missed as much time as you have in the WNBA, and I know you played a little bit in some other right. spaces, but we didn't know what to expect. And I, agree, I, mean, everybody- <laughs> I mean, you are one of the most prolific sto- scores in the history of the league. And so it was, I mean, it just felt so good to know that we were going to get some form of the Angel McCautry we knew back on the court. And I guess that's my other thing for you is, like, what do you feel like has changed for you as a player, if anything? Well, first, let me shout out Laura Ramos, athletic trainer. She's taught me some techniques that has really um, helped with my mobility, uh, agility, and just moving better. So that stuff helps, you know, and if those little details – um, they prolong your career. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, I just think what I've added, I, I'm more experienced. I've been around a long time, been in the finals, played USA basketball. So I have experience with me. Um, and then I feel like I'm, I'm, no, I don't jump as high as I used to. You know, I could practically dunk the basketball when I, uh, before my injury. I, I used to jump very, very high, but um, that still doesn't take away the other things that's still there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, when we get, we, I, I'm just saying, we're just excited. Let us be excited <laughs> to see you out there doing your thing, Angel. Okay, let's be excited. Sure. I have to ask you about this though. Bill's hair and his headband. Like, have y'all addressed this situation? Are y'all gonna let oh, this go absolutely. on? Because we're, he we're on the point, Lachina, because <laughs> we saw the barbershop on the NBA bubble. Right. You know, good and well, you got over 200 women, and you have men coaches. Right. We have here men and women, not just in the NBA, with 90% men. Can we uh, have a little something, something to get, get our hair did and maybe Bill can get a shape up or, or you know? So we're, he's proving the point. <laughs> and, I, and I appreciate that because, listen, I've been one of those looking at social media and everything as the NBA is rolling out all their amenities. And I'm like, okay, but who's going to be doing these women's hair and, you know, in the other bubble? So hopefully well, that's something we, yeah, that's something that needs to be addressed. Like, we need those luxuries too. We want to get our hair done. Right. So three months, what am I supposed to look like? <laughs> so what are what are the things you feel like you do need that you don't have? I mean, I know, you know, we, we're not going to focus on everything you don't have because, like you said, you love your your space. You're at the hotel. You've got a yeah. pool. You know, things are good. But as you're kind of taking notes, okay, so we got – you need a hairstylist. What I would else? say that's, like, the most probably important thing if we had to really add something to the bubble right. is a hairstylist, maybe two or three because there's a lot of girls. Mm-hmm. Maybe they want to get their hair braided. I don't know. A, a fresh perm. Like anything. Just so we can keep our image up because our image is important. We have more TV games than ever before. We have uh, our ratings are 25% higher. So we want to look nice. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that would probably be the most essential thing. Yeah, we'll put that out there. So yeah. I want to I talk about, you know, your role, you know, we have talked about or discussed social justice around the WNBA for many years, right? Nothing new. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year, the visibility and the efforts of the league are just tremendous with the Social Justice Council, but also with how you guys have dedicated your season to the life of Breonna Taylor. And the idea of the names on the back of the jerseys of victims of police violence and, and murders and brutality was something that came from you, Angel. Uh, talk to us about that idea and how what it feels like that it's that it's now come to fruition. So it, I'm going to be very honest on where it stemmed from. Uh, before the season started, it was just a lot of kind of, I guess, negative talk about starting the season and, oh, the season is a distraction, this and that. And in my head, I'm thinking, no, playing ball is not the distraction because we have people that look up to us. Tons of people watch these elite athletes we can play and advocate and, and use that platform. Yeah. And I also commend the people who are also took time off to fight. That's amazing as well, because you can fight on and off the court, you know, mm-hmm. uh, one being like, uh, I would say Dwight Howard was saying, Oh, it's a distraction. We, we should, no, it's not a distraction. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And now he's out, he's out there playing. Right. <laughs> but we use our platform to inspire and the names with the jerseys just came about in that aspect and, um, you know, presented to the league. And at first they were kind of like, oh, they were thinking about it. And it, the way it blew up, which I had no idea it blew up like that. That's why I did the petition, try to get some people behind it. I mean, the NBA, you know, they jumped on it. It, it blew up. Yeah. And it was just like, we had no choice but to do it. And, you know, the family, Beyond Taylor's family was ecstatic about it. They loved it. We all got on a Zoom call with her mom, which was emotional and amazing. And um, now I think us planting that seed, we we have so many more ideas that can grow from, um, you know, doing that. So I'm really excited the way it, it took off. There were some people that felt like you weren't getting the just due. You know, I definitely was one that was like, wait a minute, this was Angel's idea. Did you ever have an issue with kind of how it started to take off and people weren't recognizing like where it came from? And and I'll say that in the context of sometimes women don't get the credit that they deserve, right? right? Yeah. I would say in that aspect, not necessarily for myself, like, oh, I need credit for this. But as a whole for women, when we when women come up with something amazing and when women have great ideas, let that light shine on these women because I, I always say behind every successful man is an awesome woman that has pushed him to be where he is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I always use a story. It, uh, it was this guy and he was a mayor and he told his wife, he saw his wife's ex who was kind of like, I guess like he fixed cars or something. He said, man, if you was with him, uh, you would just be dating a guy to just a mechanic. She's like, no, if I was with him, he'd be the mayor. <laughs> so that's, so you can't like women give the woman their just due. And to bring the point up about everybody's talking about Andre Iguodala. He tweeted, Oh, number 23. Um, she's balling. Yeah. And Ariel Powers said, put some respect on my name. Yeah. Now I do agree with Ariel Powers. Say her name. <laughs> right. You know, right. in other words, Andre Iguodala, thank you for recognizing that she also had a great game, you know, and it's happened to me before. I did a 360 layup in Olympics and it got like over 1 million views. And the, the, the comment was girl does 360 layup. My name is Angel McCautry. Angel McCautry, <laughs> even though they were, you know, made, made him make fun of the layup, but it had 1 million views. Why don't, can't you just say our name? You know, cause if it's, if it's a men player, you're going to say, wow, LeBron James killed it tonight. You know what I mean? Andre Iguodala, wow, he played his butt off tonight. No, just say Ariel Powers is balling, yeah. you know? So we can say her name when they're playing well, too. We can use that same hashtag, you know? No, that's a great point, Angel. I'm glad you brought that up. I was disappointed in Andre Iguodala. Um, his response, you know, he tweeted no manners as if Ariel Powers should have been grateful that he even said anything about her. And that's where sometimes, like, sexism um, and, and I heard a friend describe it as um, male privilege, 
right? Mm -hmm. Like we talk about white privilege, but there's also male privilege where, um, you know, men just don't feel like they have to give women that same level mm -hmm. of recognition mm -hmm. or, you know, I mean, our society shows yeah. this pattern over and over again when it comes to equality. Um, was definitely disappointed in the way that was handled. And, and I also think it kind of stems a little bit from us sometimes being just grateful that the NBA players are watching or talking about our, our, our games, which is great. Okay, recognize the WNBA, but also recognize these women as individuals, as women. Because if not, you are only continuing to add to that behavior in society that Black women aren't seen, that we're not recognized, that we're not equal, that we're not worthy of getting our names said. Yeah. So, um, I, 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 yeah, I totally agree with that. And um, I probably would have made a little joke, like, Andre, you know my name, Angel, you know, just yeah. to kind of lighten it up just a little bit, but I was still can make my point through lighting it up. But um, I think that, too, like uh, those those um, orange um, hoodies that everybody is wearing, yeah. selling out, right? because yeah. the NBA has won. But then I'm looking at the comments. Oh, they're getting paid to do that. No, the NBA players are not getting paid to wear, represent women. It's And then I'm reading comments. Somebody's like, well, I saw somebody say, and it was Tank, the singer. He said, well, what if somebody talked about your mom and your sister's job the way you're talking about these women? And it's just like, what is it in your head that you're taught that you feel that a woman athlete has to, to you just disgusted by a woman athlete? Is it really a male ego? And I even asked my male friends, I said, like, what were you taught about women growing up that, you know, that where does it stem from? Is it a taught behavior? I just want to know, like, is it taught like racism? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and they were like, well, I wasn't taught that women couldn't do what men can do. I was just taught to be gentle or be that. But then, so what? Right. I remember I beat a kid. It was me and a little boy playing. I was 10. I beat him one on one. Girls not supposed to be ball anyway. Who teaches you that? Where do you learn that? Women play sports, get over it. Society, you know, it, it comes from young girls not seeing the WNBA, like us not being marketed and, right. um, you know, like women not being on the cover of, of big magazines and, you know, black women not you being... see them in China, these comments arise. It's like, who are teaching you these comments about women because your mom has a job. Right. How do you feel if somebody just downs your mom's job and... We have a really, really cool job. <laughs> I, I like, that's my for a living. So what are you talking? And I always, you know, you know my um my story about I invite a guy to a game and he he says what? You're not as fast as LeBron. You can't jump as high as LeBron. Why should I come to a game? And I'm like, but I run fast and I jump higher than you. What are you talking about? Why you compare me to a man? Compare yourself to LeBron. I'm but, higher and ranked the closer to LeBron than you are. And that's where we just have it's. I think it's a male ego thing. Yeah, that definitely needs yeah. to be addressed. So before we let you go, Angel, just um, what is it going to take in this unique season to for a team to win a championship? Obviously, the Las Vegas Aces wants to be that team, but there are a lot of challenges, whether it's, you know, playing every other day, the recovery, the, the mental health aspect of living in a bubble, you know, self-care, um, you know, it's the COVID, you know, coronavirus and players sometimes missing time and all of that. Mm -hmm. like, what is it? What do you see as some of the challenges to taking home the crown this season? It's the team that's going to be the most healthiest in the end. The team that's, like you said, has the players and playing well. Whoever, because we don't want injuries to happen on teams. And an uh, injury just happened the other day. Uh, Kareem and Christmas tore her Achilles, which we're praying for a speedy recovery. Yeah. That hurts Minnesota. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the team that has their players um, and are gelling well in the end, that's most likely the team that will win the championship. And quite frankly, that could go to anyone. Yeah. It can go to anyone. Um, last last thought, you, you mentioned that you guys had a call with Breonna Taylor's mom. Um, was there something that was shared there that, that stuck with you or something that you would want people to know about, um, I think Miss Palmer, I believe was her name, what she shared with you either about Breonna or that yeah. we could maybe learn from? I love her strength and, and that she still had a smile on her face. So just to tell people that your problems really – really aren't that bad. Someone has lost their child to a violent, ignorant crime that shouldn't have happened, you know? Vanessa is without Kobe, you know what I mean? Somebody has cancer or struggling. Like, our problem that we 
we complain about are really, really not that bad. And there's no reason why we shouldn't have a smile on our face. Yeah, we go through things in life. Stuff is going to happen. And that causes the experience. And I've been reading more um, Kobe stuff since he's passed just to understand his mind frame. And he was just like, failure doesn't exist. And fear is just a figmentation of your imagination. You know, so that just to let people know, like, life is what you make it. You know, and people hear the bubble. If we, you know, complain about the bubble and like, oh, man, I hate being here. I, I, I hate this. Then, yeah, then that's what the bubble is going to be like. Yeah. But if I come to the bubble and I say, oh, my God, I got Diana Taurasi down there. Sue Bird, Tamika Cashins. Okay, let me pick their brains. How can I be better? I went to Tamika Cashins the other day. Hey, as you got older, what did you do to, um, you know, because I'm getting older. I'm, uh, you know, I'm not the pool. Oh, Okay in the pool every day now and it, it works so you use this time um and be blessed for it and i would just if i was a rookie i would be picking the brains of all these legends here while they still last diana's not gonna always be here sue bird is not gonna always be here sylvia files i'll be picking everybody's brains. so hopefully some of the rookies are hearing what i'm saying pick the brains of these legends while they're still here and ask them hey what happens you know when you hit the rookie wall or you can learn so much. That's what you can use it for instead of kind of complaining like, man, this sucks. Yeah. You know, so. Look at the bright side. Yeah. Well, it's it's great to see you where you are, Angel. I mean, you, you are very modest and humble, but you are one of the most decorated players in WNBA history and one of the most decorated players that's still playing. Um, what you've accomplished has been no small feat. But I think what's most impressive is how you've handled the valleys along with the mountaintops. And I know it's been a long time coming for you to get back. We're happy to see you. Excited to watch you this season. And uh, good luck with Las Vegas. All right. Thanks, LaChina. All right, basketball fans. Well, um, we are excited to welcome in a very special guest to the show, someone that we've enjoyed chatting with over the years and that we are really excited about seeing her play in a different color uniform. Join us in welcoming none other than Simone Augustus of the LA Sparks. What in the world? That doesn't even, I mean, I almost started (laughs) choking when I said that. Like, I mean, I guess we should start there, Mo. Like, what? It, how do you go from Minnesota to the team that you had the biggest rivalry <laughs> with in your time there in the LA Sparks? What's that our biggest rivalry, though? Uh, we had quite oh, a few years with Phoenix. I mean, 16 17 was probably the best bit of basketball we've seen in a while, but we've had quite a few rivalries, but I guess that was the most recent one. But, um, you know, life just kind of takes you there. You go on a journey. Um, I had, obviously, amazing 14 years in Minnesota. Then it just came to a point, like a crossroad. You know, where where did I want to end? How do I want to end my career? And, um, unfortunately, you know, discussions didn't go as well as I would have liked with Minnesota. And, um, you know, L.A. kind of took advantage of it. You know, they were one of the first teams that reached out uh, when I put myself out there. And you just had to weigh, like, the pros and cons, see, see what was available, see what the roster was like, what, what would your position be, what would you be doing, how could you help impact that team, the city, I mean, L.A., come yeah. on. Um, <laughs> You know, it's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of factors into making, uh, you know, a life-changing decision, a career decision. So, um, but L.A. did an amazing job of just allowing me to go through the process. You know, it wasn't probably like people think where it was a back and forth situation. It literally was spoke with Fish, spoke with the GM, and I told them, I have to do this. You know, I have to go through this process on my own to make this decision on my own. Um, but it's, it's good to know that you're here um, as an option. I'm going to go ahead and um, just skip over the fact that you tried to act like L.A. wasn't y'all's biggest rival. I mean, that's fine. Y'all did have some back and forth with Phoenix over the years, but the best basketball was in those years in the finals with y'all in in L.A., and that's okay. But um, I'm going to go back to, you know, what you talked about, which is, you know, the discussions about how you felt like you could contribute to L.A. Like, what did you see as the opportunity for you there as far as your role and how you can make that that team and organization better 
you know, as a vet player, you just kind of see the talent that's that's around from one through 12, um, how I can use my leadership skills, like, um, you know, just leading by example, but then vocally trying to take some of the younger players under my wing, like a Brittany Sykes, who's actually on her way to my apartment as we speak to hang out, but just kind of get in their ears and, and let them know what it's going to take um, as far as the connectedness that we need to have, how hard we have to play, how focused we have to be. Um, with supporting one another, like trust is a very big um, factor into becoming a great team, being able to give of yourself. And a lot of players are great players individually, but when you come together collectively, sometimes it's a little tug of war here and there trying to, you know, make sure that we're working well together. And I just felt like I can, I could help be, you know, that connecting factor to get this team where we all know they could be um, as far as one of the top teams and winning championships and doing great things. Well, who would know that other than a four-time champion, of course, and you know what it takes in all of those areas. And good luck with Brittany Sykes because um, I, me and Sykes go back to her Syracuse days. You got to have a lot of energy drinks on deck to deal with Sykes full-time because she <laughs> she can go, okay, from, from Syracuse to her days in Atlanta. I mean, her energy is up. So she's going to be definitely testing your limits. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I'm teaching them to calm. Like, as a vet player, like, they're like, man, they aborted they call me lazy they like you're lazy I'm like no I just know when to shut this body down <laughs> like I work between 9 and 12 or 1 and 4 whenever our practices are scheduled and then I shut it down um you know and some like young players just like to get in the gym they always want to go I'm like you really need to conserve this energy especially this year where we're playing every other day like we can't afford to have little nitpicking injuries that'll last the entire season or hinder you in some type of way like you have to be really smart about rest and recovery so that's what I've been on her about the most because she's she's very quick, very energetic, but also very fragile with her body type and her body size, you know? Yes. Yeah, she's had a long injury history. When she went down last night, I was like, ooh, come on, Sykes, just bounce back up. I was, <laughs> I was grateful to see that, especially because she could tell she started to get her stride back a little bit. So that was good to see. But you're adding more than, um, you know, that veteran experience and leadership. Looking at your numbers from game one of the season, six mm. for six, 14 points in 18 minutes in your season opener and debut for the L.A. Sparks in a win. Um, what have you been doing to get in shape and get ready for this season? Because you look like uh, Simone Simone in <laughs> day one. I'm glad you ain't bring up game two. We're going to get to that in a second. No. Don't worry. <laughs> but, but, no, game one um, – you know, I've just been working a lot. Like I told everybody, I hadn't really played ball in, in, um, since what, USA Basketball in October. So from that point on, even at that stage, I was probably 56% of my health. Um, so unfortunately, the pandemic happened, but it gave me more time to just really focus in and work with my staff of people that I have from my, my strength and conditioning coaches to my chiropractor to everyone who aligns the body and, you know, really just get me together. I've probably I've probably felt the healthiest that I've felt in, you know, 10, 10 or 12 years, just because mm -hmm. we're constantly going like we never get a chance to stop. Like we've played through injuries often, like every player plays through something. So this was the, the time where we actually got to stop and let all of those little injuries or major injuries heal. And so now it's just like, all right, game shape. <laughs> getting back in the, into the flow of things. And game one for me was like very like, I had nervous energy, anxiety, because for one, this is your first game with the rival team. Uh, you want to do well, you want to play well, you want to win. I had to, you know, find a way to harness all that energy and put it in, put it out there. So the first, you know, half, I just kind of did my thing, got into a flow, just kind of see what the game was like. And then the second half, I saw an opportunity to just kind of go to work. I played a little bit of four, which I haven't played in my career, but it just worked out in those games. And so I feel like that's going to be the flow of the season where um, we'll pick and choose spots where I'll play a little three, a little four, or it could be one through four, maybe even five. It just depends on the lineups and the flow that happens because me and Brittany is on the floor. A lot of times me sit, Brittany, Raquana, NECA, like we can go big, small. So that's the beauty of this team with the versatility of the roster. Yeah. I mean, you're going to uh, probably be filling in a lot of spots 
Um, looking at you know, just your season so far, you win that opener against Phoenix. Then you dropped a tough one last night against Chicago. You have Connecticut on deck. Um, you guys were, th- were without Taya Cooper, who you really could have used, I-, I felt like, last night in a lot of ways, especially defensively. Um, you guys are, are without Chrissy Tolliver and Shea Gubike this season. So as you look at the difference between that game one against Phoenix and then, you know, Chicago and then where you guys need to be in your next contest, what are you seeing as kind of some of the kinks? Because last season it was hard for us at times to watch L.A. It was like, oh, my goodness, like, this team is so talented. Why aren't they better? You know, like, let, let's go. Um, but from your championship experience, what are some things that you think you guys will work on to, to have a more consistent season this year? Well, last night, it was just mainly defense. Uh, they came out and punched us in the mouth early and just kept punching, punching. We had a little bit of run uh, when the second group came in, got within one or two points, or maybe even took the lead for a little while. But it was just consistently the defense. And defense is just effort and communication and trust. And coming back to the word trust, uh, just knowing your defensive strategies, you have to know your best defenders, you have to know your weakest defenders in order to be able to cover a lot of things. And defense always fuels our offense. So when we did go on that run in the Chicago game, a lot of that was defensive stops that led into early transition, easy layup buckets. So um, as we continue to build on that end, because offensively we got, you know, I mean, Candace Park and we got scoring all over the, all over the floor. It's going to be mainly us protecting the paint, rebounding the basketball and getting out and being able to, to take advantage of the talent that we have on the offensive end. Yeah. Well, um, changing gears just a little bit uh, and getting away from your L.A. Sparks team, one of your, your good friends and former teammates, Sylvia Fowles, uh, had a big night last night. She became the WNBA's all-time leading rebounder, just edging out your other former teammate in Rebecca Brunson. Um, Simone, what is it that most people don't know about, about Sylvia that has allowed her to just be this consistent, like, beast over, over the years and to – um, you know, when you look at the names at the top of that list, I would say even Brunson has been underappreciated through her career, but you see the Lisa Leslie's, you know, all the great rebounds in this league, and you haven't heard Sylvia's name maybe enough amongst the greats. Um, what, what have you seen from her that you feel like has really gotten her to this, this place in such a monumental milestone? Just staying true to herself, um, you know, she's never really had that big name or that, that you know, what was it, 17? 17 was her big moment, the MVP season. But she's always just worked behind the scenes. Like, sales been putting up big numbers, doing all the stuff that we see now that we're now shining the light on. She's been doing this. But it's, like I said, it's staying true to herself, like always being very active in the low post. Like, she may be uh, – the last of a dying breed of just like post that get it in there and make moves and really attack the basket and go after offensive defensive rebounds the way that she does. That's what was so rare and precious about Bronson. Bronson had, she knew the trajectory of the basketball like no other. And it really wasn't about, it was just effort. We would put it in red, like before we became teammates, when she played in Sacramento, we would put it in bold red font, box out a rebounder, and it was nothing that you can do. You can send two people at it. You can face face box her out. You can butt box her out. She was going to she was going to get the ball. And that's the knack that Seal has. And even with her size, like she's bigger than Bronson. So her size creates that opportunity for her to go and be as dominant as she wants to be. It's not like what the defense, because nobody can stop her. When Sylvia makes up her mind to go and be the best post player in the world nobody's stopping that. And so that's what we're starting to see her come out of herself, like come out of her shell and actually show her up on a grand stage. Yeah, it's crazy to me because like I, I've seen firsthand like all that Sylvia does to stay in the shape she does, like her workouts at the beach and you know what, how she eats and all those different things. And it's like, she's put in so much work behind the scenes and she talks about like, oh, these are my last couple of years winding down, but Sylvia legit play another six years, okay? Like, <laughs> I've been hearing that for 10 years. Every time I talk to Syl, she's like, oh, this might be my last one. She literally sounds like an old lady. Like, she really is sweet Syl when it comes to that aspect. But yeah. um, like you say, she continues to put herself in a position health-wise to, to take care of herself. And she's probably one of the hardest ref players in the league. She takes 
takes a lot, like a pounding, a beating every night, and she continues to put up numbers. And so that's where it's just like, I'm so proud of her because I've seen, seen her become frustrated with not being able, not being recalled like other players, but still, you know, going out there and doing whatever the team needs at any given time. Yeah, congrats to you, Sil. We are proud of you. All right, so tell me about this bubble, because uh, I'm just curious, you know, first and foremost, your decision to opt into the season, but also how is, what's the bubble life like? Give us some, um, give us some insights for some. Oh, you ain't seen all them, you ain't, oh, you haven't seen all those social media posts? <laughs> <laughs> Mo, listen, we were trying to give it a chance. Yes, we have seen the social media posts, but we, we've heard there might be two sides to the bubble. Hopefully you're on the good side. It's not, no, we're all, I mean, come on, y'all. Like, it's seriously, like, you had to have, expect, expect like, some kinks. Like, it wasn't going to come here and be, like, five-star. Like, we had to work through some things. Obviously, you saw the social media posts and everything. If I could get up and walk into the laundry room right now where they had the rat trap and all this, like, they have redone the entire room, repainted it, floored it, put new laundry, uh, you know, washing dryers and everything. The bed bugs, they removed all of that stuff out of there, fumigated everything. They're in here making sure that our rooms are clean every two or three days. Obviously, there's multiple buildings around here. I'm in the lodge. There's like the villas, which is more like houses and stuff like that. So they come in, they clean it out every day. The hotel is obviously like typical hotel situation. So the food, we, we've adjusted the food schedules to make sure everybody's accommodated. Obviously, with the late games, it's a little bit different. So you got to make sure you order food accordingly. But um, I feel like the league and IMG has done a great job with ad addressing a lot of the issues that we had earlier on to try to make this process or this ex experience as best as possible. So as far as right now, it's smooth. Everything we need is, is taken care of. Yeah, that was, it was a little shaky at first, but we did see the things <laughs> like they started to mellow out a little bit. And of course the bad headlines get grabbed when it comes to WNBA. I mean, you know, people want to jump Why in is front. that? Why is that? You know, it's, it's, I think it goes back to sexism, right? Like, I think, honestly, like, just, you know, oh, the women aren't treated fairly, but people like to make fun of it, you know, because it's women. Like, I just, I, everything to me goes back to that. It's like, obviously, what's happening in our world right now, it, it's, it usually has something to do with race or sex when it comes to the WNBA and why people choose whatever they choose, whether that's supported, not, you know, talk about the good things, not, you know, want to be a part of it or not to me. And because the basketball is great, like, and you can't be a fan of the game and watch WNBA and act like you're not entertained and that it's not fun. Like that, you know, that excuse is long gone. So I don't know, you know, I, I just think, um, and we also live in a world that likes to amplify the bad. You know, that's just what it is. You know, like instead of seeing the good, our world has a tendency to want to focus on what's not right. Um, but I digress. So, Simone, tell me a little bit about what you want this last chapter of your career to look like. To be honest, I just want to have fun. I want to compete at the highest level that I can compete at. And I want to be able to... Um, pass on as much knowledge and wisdom to the younger players that are going to take over this league and take us to new heights, to, to new levels. Um, but like I said, most importantly, just to have fun and be healthy because that hasn't been the case for me in the last few years. So right now, that's where I'm at. That's, that's where I'm at with yeah. where I want to be. And how about Simone post-basketball? Like, who knows? You know, you can play however many more years you're going to play, and then what's, what's next? Because I keep hearing – Wait till y'all Simone got some things cooking. You know, you don't have to tell us all your, you know, your secrets, but like where does your interest lie? Especially now that you're gonna be in LA, cause uh LA's popping. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually uh to be honest, into fashion. Like as you see the orange hoodie the other day, whether people wanna say, Oh, well, the guys was the reason, I don't care. Who was the reason for the orange hoodie selling out being the top seller on fanatics? People want it and it should be available. WNBA fans in particular should like not have to stress about where do I get gear? Who do I, you know, like it's, it's too, it's already too hard for them to be a fan to find the games on TV and this and that. And now you're telling me I want to buy my best, buy uh, my favorite player's Jersey and I don't know where to go or either the quality isn't good or it's just too hard. So 
I'm in the process of starting my own like clothing line that hopefully can fulfill some of the needs of fans. Like I'm starting with the fans first and hopefully it'll become a thing where it touches different areas, maybe entertainment, maybe, you know, the music industry, like, you know, get them on some, you know, music videos or some TV shows or something like that and really get our brand out there. I don't think people know enough. It's not that they don't appreciate it. They just don't know. We, the marketing isn't as good as it needs to be, the advertisement. And so the clothing, I don't think like the league has figured out that clothing obviously is the best way to kind of people to put eyes on your brand without them even seeing it. I mean, how many pieces of apparel have you seen? You're like, oh my God, that looks nice. You don't maybe not even know who the designer is, but somebody's walking around with it. It's a billboard. You know what I mean? Wow, so man. I'm trying to create that type of situation and, um, you know, just hope that the fans, our fans, you know, love what I'm, I'm going to produce. I love it. You're right. Those hoodies are like, everybody wants one. I got so many text messages. I can't even get one from my mom. So I got friends. I'm like, listen, I don't know where to get one. <laughs> but it was beautiful because it was marketed. It was supported. People wore it, posted with pride. Like, I mean, this whole opening weekend was amazing. Not just that, but what you guys did with Breonna Taylor and the social justice movement, um, just the whole league, the level of play, you know, you ladies really just being ready to step up to the challenge in terms of, you know, we didn't know what to expect because we had played in, in so long. Um, it, it was just beautiful. But yeah, that gear goes a long way because I'm still getting messages. I've never had anyone ask me for any WNBA gear and they are like on it. <laughs> Thank you. Like, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so we, we definitely need that. But we also like your voice on that commercial too, Mo. That thing is fire. So we we need to see, you know, a little more of that from you. You know, the, the fashion, the voice, the whole, we see this post-career come together. You know how I am. I'm yeah. like in my little bubble and it takes a lot to get me out of my comfort zone. So, you know, being asked to do that, that commercial voiceover was like, ah, the anxiety that I felt, I'm like, I've never really been asked to do anything for the league, not, you know, to that, that degree. And you're asking me to, to voice over the biggest commercial in WNBA history. Like, you Man. were great. You you did Man. that. You did that. Well, we look forward to even more from you, Moan. And um, as always, we learned so much from you. So keep using your voice. Keep speaking up. Keep, you know, educating, sharing your knowledge because um, you do such a great job of it. That's why you're one of our favorite guests. All right. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> for coming on. And uh, good luck with Sykes. Have fun. Thank you. I will. I will. All right. Good luck to see you. All right. Thank you for listening to Around the Rim. Check out more podcasts from ESPN on the ESPN app.